0: real talk with chuck and pam we are back in the saddle again yep <laughs>
1: that's all you got today Yep. yeah well, it's all i got and i think that you and i are feeling the same way i don't want to speak to you for you but feeling a little burnt out yeah i mean it is that time of year where uh, we are just inundated with movies from the studios uh, they want us to remember that uh, that there are films for the end of the year stuff that we have to vote for and you know, once you're watching three and four movies a, a day, you know, again, it's not digging ditches. It's yeah. not really hard work, but after a while, it, it does get a little uh, little grating.
0: Right, and you know, I, I really question my judgment at this time of year, too, because you are watching three, four, five movies in a day, mm-hmm. and then you're you know, required, requested by the publicist to make sure you have coverage for that, which I totally right. understand, oh, yeah. but that's pressure, and then you've got other movies coming in, our emails are just loaded, and then all the other obligations, because we both freelance to different things, we've got to get those taken care of.
1: And am I wrong, or is it more this year because of COVID?
0: I think it's more this year. <laughs> or is it I just really... that
1: we've been doing it longer like this over the course of the year? I mean, okay. usually you and I, we go to Chicago or in Indianapolis to see these things, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just a combination of things that has me at this burnt-out state.
0: Maybe it is. And I do feel, we talked about this last week, that we're a little harsh, a little jaded with films, perhaps, <laughs> that we shouldn't be. And I really am questioning my judgment a little bit with watching a couple films that I didn't like or maybe I liked a lot but didn't love and then I watch it a second time. like, where was I when I was watching this? Why did I not love this?
1: Yeah, but, and I'm going to... I, I even though I was in that state, and still in that state, right? I saw one this week that we're going to talk about in this episode that cut through that, and it proved to me that even if I'm burnt out, and even if you say we, we, we're a little skewed at this point, a good film cuts through that okay, and, and, and sucks you back in the way it's supposed to. Well,
0: let's talk about that film, shall we? Yes. Okay, yes. take well,
1: it away. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I didn't really know what to expect from this film. Okay. It's an adaptation of an August Wilson 1985 play. It won the Tony Award for Best Play. A uh, Netflix production now, uh, with Viola Davis in the title role, as well as Chadwick Boseman as uh,
0: Levy, Levy mm-hmm. a
1: progressive trumpet player that's in his band, her band. And this takes place over the course of one, one day in a recording studio in Chicago. They've all gotten together to uh, cut some records, make a quick buck, and uh, a lot of things happen. A lot of things happen just through uh, reminiscences of experiences that uh, Levy has had with the three older bandmates that uh, he plays with, as well as them dealing with uh, the owners (coughs) of this recording studio, two middle-aged white men, who the owner, the, the owner of it, not the manager, but the owner of it, I mean, he has no problem taking advantage of these people, and Ma knows this.
0: You know, talking about taking advantage of, of these people, um, one of the things that I noticed from the very beginning is that this is a recording studi- studio that is owned by a wealthy man. And I think the other guy is their manager. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, the three guys, the three band members that get there first, they're shoved into this dilapidated basement uh-huh cellar. I mean it's, you know, dirty. It's it's crumbling.
1: Looks like a dungeon.
0: He's got to hotwire the wires together for the to fan. make the fan go. Yeah. Um are you do you mean to tell me that everybody who comes into that studio has to go into that space or is this required just for the black people?
1: I'm sure it's just required for the black people cuz remember, they sneak into the back door too. He has the Oh, that's true. Yeah. Through the alley. Yeah. To the back <clears> door. And, 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 and that's part of I, and, and their reaction to this is part of what this whole play is about. These three older guys are, are used to this. Right. They know this and they know this is the way it is. This, they, they accept it. they're not happy about it, but they accept it. Levy, though, he he doesn't, right? And that's where we, we have this change. Levy's ahead of his time. He doesn't want to be treated. Uh, less Than Equal. He wants to get credit for his music because he has these interesting new arrangements for this, the, their songs. He, he's written his own songs. He wants to be treated as an equal of anyone that he sees. And the older men in the, in the band, you know, they try to pull him back because they realize this is not quite the time yet. And you're just going to get nothing but trouble for that. And of course, he's young and impetuous. He doesn't listen. Uh, this movie really moved me. And it surprised me. Mm-hmm. I gasped out loud. At oh the end. my
0: gosh, I did too. There was
1: something that happens if you're not familiar with it. I did not see coming, and it was just a sledgehammer dramatically for underscoring all of the pain that these men and women went through and continue to go through.
0: Right, and sadly, this story is relevant today. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, it takes place in the 1920s, but yeah. 1927
0: Chicago, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Ma Rainey, played by Viola Davis, is incredible as this bitter, angry, Mm -hmm. successful, and powerful woman Mm -hmm. who reigns over everyone, no pun intended, um, and woe be to the person who crosses her path and looks at her wrong because you're dead meat. Everyone's at a different point in their lives. The three um, band members that are older and wiser yet have become complacent. Um, And then we've got Levy who's pushing the envelope. And then we've got Ma who pushed the envelope a long time ago. And now she's just making sure she stays at the top of the hill.
1: And she's tired of pushing the envelope. She is. She 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 she's basically had enough of this shit, and she doesn't uh, doesn't suffer fools lightly. No, we see this, and her anger is completely justified.
0: It is, it is. And she's not going to kiss anybody's ass. And I think that's the difference among all the three groups of people we just said. Levy is still kissing people's asses, even though he wants to not do that anymore and he wants to push and push the envelope. The three other guys are like, this is just the way it is and, you know, be happy that you're here.
1: Well, you know, we <clears throat> we've talked a lot about Vi- Viola Davis and she's incredible. And there is a moment where she yells at the manager. And when you look at her eyes... There's anger there, but there's also this deep sadness. Yeah. And that's what a great actress or actor brings. These little things, these little bitty things that once you put them all together, give you an incredible, complete performance. Right. And that's what we get from her. And really, when you look at it, she doesn't come in till the second act of right. this thing. I mean, the, the, the four other actors, they have more screen time. Yeah. But when she's there, man, she just dominates everything.
0: She does. And, and I love her makeup and she looks like an old vaudevillian um, actor and what we found out in researching is I didn't realize that Ma Rainey is the mother of blues and she did come from the vaudeville Era, And she did perform into that type of environment, so that makeup was probably just a part of her character and who she was. But she she is angry, and there is just such subtlety and texture within that performance. Bozeman is the same way. Every single um, one of those band members has... Those nuances, but, man, does Levy go the the full range possible.
1: And and this is completely different from anything you've seen Bozeman do before. Right. This is, there's anger there. There's energy. He's like a live wire. Oh, he is. Isn't he? he, he, You you can barely contain him on the screen as you watch this thing. And it's unfortunate that he and Davis don't have more scenes together. It only happens at the end. Mm Uh, because seeing them go toe-to-toe a little bit more often, you know, would have been great, because when it does happen, it's just electric. But, you know, and this just underscores the tragedy of us having lost him earlier this year, Uh. because you... You see the potential. You, you saw the potential in the other films he's made. And then you see this, and then you're like, well, Jesus, what else could he have done?
0: We lost a great artist.
1: Oh, no question. No question.
0: And, and when, you, when you look at him, you see how thin and how oh, fragile, Jesus. frail he looks. Yet his power and his voice and his emotion, the passion is there. And I don't know if you noticed this, and I didn't write down when I was watching, some of the lines that he uttered. FORESHADOWED WHAT WAS co- TO COME LATER ON yes. THIS YEAR IN HIS OWN LIFE AND DEMISE.
1: YEAH, YOU KNOW, AND MY WIFE, SHE WAS DIAGNOSED WITH STAGE four uh, COLON CANCER uh, YEARS AGO. AND SHE HAD TO GO TO TREATMENT AND OPERATIONS. AND SHE WAS WATCHING THIS WITH ME, KNOWING OF BOZEMAN'S SITUATION. SHE SAYS, I HAVE NO IDEA HOW HE DID THAT. THE ENERGY THAT HE HAD TO PUT forth IN THIS THING. Yeah. IT MUST HAVE BEEN HIS REFUGE making movies, acting to get away from all these physical troubles that he was dealing with. That must have been the thing that spurred him on.
0: And gave him energy. And probably he he knew that this was going to be his last performance.
1: It's quite possible. It's quite possible. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And another thing I want to mention is uh, the direction.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely.
1: I mean, because you're faced with a, um, a really dire task. I mean, you've got a stage play. It takes place in uh, one location. So there's really always this notion that this thing is going to become claustrophobic mm-hmm. and static. And uh, the direction uh, is just incredible in the way they don't really open it up by having too many scenes outside of the recording studio, which you see a lot in some places. Mm-hmm. But the direction by George Wolfe, I mean, he takes this whole notion of having a claustrophobic space it's all set in one place but the way he moves his camera the way it it goes in in circles around the characters or comes from the top and goes down he finds all these innovative ways to move the camera and it's never obvious you know it's not a a grandstanding camera move but it brings an energy to this story Uh, you never feel as though you're stuck in this place Uh, and also the editing the editing is just razor sharp.
0: It is. Yeah, I mean from Much the, like the dialogue. The
1: di- and I was yeah. just going to say it yeah. matches the dialogue. I mean, boom 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 boom. Right. I didn't I didn't want to say it was like mammoth, but there are yeah. times when it's machine gun like. Yeah. It's yeah. boom 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 boom. And that adds an energy too. I mean, it's really an invigorating film.
0: Well, then there's the the musical element to ah, it as well. Yeah. And within and I think about that first um, scene that they're in the basement and they start talking about how the only constant is change. Right. You can always know that there's going to be change ahead. And how there's a a rhythmical tone to their exchange. There are verbal exchanges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's a musical element where um, Bozeman's character, Levy, takes his horn and there's a big yeah. <laughs> and it accentuates you know, what was just said and what's coming. And it's it really is brilliantly done with that. And the director, um, George Wolf is also a Broadway director. Um, I think he's also a producer and has some other roles as well. But he, he knows Broadway, but he also knows how to bring a theatrical production into the silver screen, which it was just extraordinary. And It isn't ever stagnant. Everything Nothing. is always yeah. moving, always has energy, and this thing just zips by.
1: Yeah. It's only a little over 90 minutes. Is it? So it's not that long to begin okay. with. But you're right, it doesn't feel... It feels half of that.
0: Right. And and if you don't know anything about August Wilson, you can take a look back. um, Fences from a couple of years ago. That was
1: also his, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think he's finally breaking into the mainstream. I think he was really predominantly known within the black community. And Broadway. um, And Broadway. Um, So if you aren't in those two clusters, you may not have heard of him. And there's a wonderful documentary on Netflix coming out, or it's out now, called Giving Voices. And it's all about, it's almost like you're watching... Um, the Amazing Race and you're watching these kids compete and delivering monologues or soliloquies from August Wilson's plays. And interestingly, in this in this documentary, he's got a play for every single decade. Um, and man, he really captures the era of the 1920s in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. And it's, in my review I wrote that I felt like I was sucker punched. It was just, it yeah. was, took my breath away. Yes. And it made me think.
1: And, you know, Denzel Washington has to be given a lot of credit for the whole August Wilson, uh, I, I don't want to say renaissance, but as you said, bringing him a bit more into the mainstream. He right. produced Fences. He produced Ma Rainey. I know he was behind that documentary you were speaking yes. of, too. Yeah. So he's very much a proponent of, of uh, uh, drawing attention to this vital, vital work. Right.
0: So check that out on Netflix. It opens tomorrow. We're recording on Thursday.
1: So, yes, uh, December 18th.
0: December eight. Oh, my goodness. December 18th. Yeah. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. Sure does. 2020. Or when you're dealing with a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, before we go on to the next couple of films, um, do you want to talk about some of our favorite Viola Davis movies that we've seen over the years? Like, there. Well, go she, ahead,
1: because I see you've got some listed. I and, do. And uh, you, you've taken some of mine, but go ahead. Of
0: course I did. Um... What I want to say first, though, is that no matter how big of a part she has, mm-hmm. she gives it her all, and she stands out. Yeah. And I remember the first time I ever noticed her, and she did have movies before um, 2001, but the first time that I noticed her was in Kate and Leopold. Do you remember her in that?
1: I love that film, but I don't remember her in that.
0: Okay, so do you remember when um, Kate or Megan uh, or Meg, Meg Ryan, Ryan has uh-huh. to go down with a big dog and the right, dog right, right. poops. Right. She doesn't have any Is poop she the bags. Cop? She's the cop. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah. And
1: doesn't she also go to Hugh Jackman and he says, I respectfully right, decline. Right, when right. She tells the <laughs> I didn't realize that was her. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's an excuse her. for me to go back and watch the movie because oh, I really like that. Oh,
0: I do too. That's one yeah. of my favorites. Um, but one of my other favorites. Oh, and I, I liked Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. That's a shame. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like that. I hated that film. Really? Okay. Awful. Um, and then I did. I didn't love Suicide Squad. No, but I loved her part, and she was just this badass, Amanda Waller. Yeah, do you remember her name too? Wow, that's pretty good.
1: It's based on a comic book.
0: I wouldn't know. Yeah, uh, Troop Zero was a fun one. I know yeah, you Zero hated that right. one. I know you hated that one. She did it for her kids. I loved it. But my number one is the August Wilson play, Fences. That right. is my number one in her performances, although she's got a couple more, and I'll let you say what you Well, and,
1: and she won the Oscar for that, and deservedly yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you say, you know, she doesn't need to have much to make an impact, and of course doubt uh, the great film with uh, Patrick or Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, and Meryl Streep. Uh, she has one scene.
0: and she all. She
1: was nominated for an Oscar for her one scene of, of this mother of a student at this parochial school hmm. who uh, the Streep character thinks maybe something inappropriate is going on between right. him and the priest played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. She has one scene, and she's nominated for an Oscar.
0: Wow. See, in my mind, when I think doubt, it's her face I see.
1: Because that one scene is yeah. just so unbelievable. Yeah. She also has a very small part in Solaris. Right. Great science fiction film that we were talking about that's overlooked. I think she only has one scene or two scenes there, and she knocks that out of the part. And did mm-hmm. you know what? Oh, do you tell. In Ocean's Eleven. Yes. The very first scene of Ocean's Eleven. Danny Ocean comes in. He sits down. The camera's on him. He's up for parole, and we see the pers- the person. We hear the person asking him questions on whether he's reformed or whatever. That's her.
0: Oh, wow. He okay. had her
1: do that as a favor after they did Solaris.
0: Okay, interesting. Wow, so Ocean's Eleven and Solaris, both with George Clooney. Mm-hmm. And we've got a big surprise coming up on WCIA, Living a TV bit. in a week. About so a week, yeah. We gave you a hint as to what it might be. A
1: little bit. A little
0: bit. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Let's talk about... You want to get this one out
1: of the way? Uh, there are two. Let's just get them out of the way. There's one you don't have down. I want oh. to get out of the way. Too. Okay. Then name local. that one. Army of One. Oh, yeah. skip it. Call one. it Army of Crap. Okay? <laughs> Awful exploitation, action film, uh, woman, husband, out camping where they shouldn't be. Husband gets killed by rednecks. She goes and she kills all the rednecks. That's it. Skip it. Thank you. You Awful. saved me
0: two hours just like I saved you two hours last week. Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: T- uh, tit for tat there. Yep, but yeah, there awful film, Ar- Army of One. All
0: right, let's go to another awful film, Modern Persuasion. Oh,
1: what were they trying to persuade me? To, to Other stay? than like the movie, to stick with it? Yeah,
0: because I couldn't. I, how long did you give it?
1: I gave it a half hour.
0: Okay, we, we're up at the same point then. I was though, like, yeah,
1: this isn't going to turn.
0: Nope, not even Lilith from um, uh Baby Newark, New yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: I. And I, I, I like Alicia Witt, who was in the lead, a woman who, what, what were they running, an ad agency? Yeah. Ad agency. And, uh, yeah, she's trying to salvage this ad agency that's going under, and they have a big client coming in, going to save them, but she realizes the big client is a former beau of hers from college that broke her heart.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So how is she going to get around this old animosity And take this client and save everyone financially. And I didn't have problem with the premise. I'm like, okay, well, I've seen better movies with worse premises than things. But the characters, uh, the supporting characters, the the office mates are just uh, so such obvious, poorly written stereotypes. They're types. They're not characters. There's the there's the caddy. Woman, there's the one woman who uh, always talks. How how would you? What would you talk like? OMG or oh.
0: Okay, this this pisses me off. Right. When people abbreviate, they can't even be bothered to say all two syllables in a word. (laughs) And I think if you want to pull up your text that I sent you, because I was saying (laughs) I can't take this style of speaking, and they actually made fun of it later on. Maybe you didn't get to that part of the movie. I did. I did.
1: Yeah, they do mention it. Yeah, yeah. and
0: you just need to say. (laughs) All of the syllables. It's not gorge, because to gorge is different than something being gorgeous. Yes. yes Say yes. the other syllable. It's okay. You've got the muscles. You've got the breath support. Do it. It,
1: it just all seemed so forced. Ugh. There was nothing honest about modern persuasion. Oh, it was just so a bunch just, of
0: cardboard characters cut yeah, out. And skip that definitely one. Definitely skip it. How- I can move it further down the Yeah, no, Sorry, me don't worry it. Um, all right, so the other, the other movie that I want to make sure that we put on everyone's radar is the foreign film called Another Round. It's a Danish movie with one of my favorite actors who seems to be incredibly versatile in both American-made films as well as Danish and Swedish movies called Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. When I say that name, who do you think of or what do you think of?
1: Oh, I think of James Bond.
0: Yeah, Cassino the villain, right?
1: Royale. I think of Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. He was in that television uh, program. Uh, he made a great Viking film called Valhalla Rising. Okay. Which I really, really loved.
0: Really? I don't think I saw that it's
1: one. Real, it's brutal. Okay. It is brutal. Right. But I think you'll like it because he just keeps you so captivated. Okay. And then another movie that, that we were just talking about that we both love, The Hunt. Oh, same director here, Thomas Vetterberg?
0: Yep, Vetterberg. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Um, and I think you're gonna see a lot of the same types of storytelling techniques in this movie called Another Round, as you saw in The Hunt, as far as the narrative arc that it takes, and how you can step in somebody else's shoes and feel what they're feeling, that true sense of empathy. This is about Mad's character, Martin, and Martin is at a stagnant part of his life. Um, He is not in love with his wife anymore, they're having marital problems, he definitely is not in love with teaching his high school (laughs) class anymore, and you see it in his eyes, you see it in his actions, he is burnt out like nothing else. Well, he's not the only one that's feeling kind of burnt out um he goes out to have a birthday celebration with a few of his colleagues from uh school all teachers and as they're celebrating mad says or his character martin says no uh, nothing to drink for me i'm driving home and they kind of give him a hard time about it and then they start to discuss this philosopher who says that we are born with 005 percent too little alcohol in our systems? <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is, is they made it sound so scientific and so real that I'm looking up to see if this this uh, philosopher is actually a real person. And no, he's not. Ah, okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, as you do know, how much I like my wine. Um, and so anyway, that they all decide that you know what life sucks right now. We're burnt out. Nothing is good in our lives. You know, or they don't think anything is good in their lives and so they decide that they're going to drink from 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. every day except the weekends so during the work week and they're going to maintain they get these little blower thingies you know to see how much Uh alcohol is in their their system and they're going to make sure that they have .05% alcohol in their blood okay for the day
1: and it's going to make things all better and it's
0: going to make things better well man or uh, martin gets in trouble for not teaching his class well and the and the students are these students who are really empowered and they they want to do well in school and they're really upset that their teacher isn't teaching them because they want to do well in their exams exactly like what you experience in your oh, class sure, right? yeah mm-hmm. um and so he gets called on the carpet. Well, as soon as he starts drinking during the day and, and maintaining that 0.05% alcohol level, he has fun with life again. He's having fun with his students. He's engaging. He's teaching. Um, there, The other teachers, one's a music teacher, one's a PE teacher, and, and he teaches soccer on the side to little kids, and one is a philosophy teacher. And they all begin to have more connections with people. Their lives do seem to get a little bit better. Martin's life with his wife, all of a sudden they're you know more engaged with each other. Um, there's a lot more water that has already gone under that bridge sure, that he's sure. unaware of. And as they say, all good things must come to an end. What happens when you continually drink and the consequences may not be what they want them to be um this is this is a midlife crisis sure. kind of film sounds like it um but i think it's something that anyone who's over the age of 40 and yes i'll admit that i'm over the age just, of 40 just barely. just a smidge just barely. um i think you can really relate to this and the acting is great the the chemistry among all the characters is incredible and again as with we talked about with The Hunt, you have empathy for that character, for each of those characters right. and what they go through. And even though you know they are making the wrong decision, <laughs> and it's like, don't do that, but they do it anyway. You can
1: understand why. But You understand because,
0: yeah, and I'm thinking... Hmm, what would it be like if I had like two cocktails before I, I went on the air? What would that look like?
1: <laughs> hmm.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Well, I think I think we're going to have to be uh, doing this a little bit while longer before we, before we get to that point, I, <laughs> I hope. I think so, too.
0: I think so, too. But it's, it's definitely a movie that I think anybody, like I said, over the age of 40 can relate to. And I'm really curious to hear what you're going to think about it when you see it, because you are a teacher. You've been doing this a long time, and I think burnout is something that, that we all deal with when we've been doing the same thing for a long period of time
1: oh yeah yeah and and i think i'm anxious to see this when this one just got by me um but yeah obviously this movie is, uh, speaks to everyone right we all get to that point with whatever our vocation is or whatever our passion is, I mean, right. it's uh, keeping things fresh. That's rough. And especially within relationships too. Yeah, especially today. I mean, when we're pulled in all these different directions. Right. Uh, so maybe maybe a drink or two is is the answer. Cheers! Cheers!
0: Uh, I'll I'll bring a couple of beers next time. Okay. Oh, we've done we've that before. done
1: that. <laughs> maybe we need to move up to something a little bit harder. Uh. <laughs> uh, you got anything else for us, Chuck? This is kind of a lighter week. It's a lighter week, uh, and next week. Uh, wow, We're, we, we've got the big stuff because the studios, even though we don't really have screens anymore, they're still sticking to this whole game plan of saving big stuff till the end of the year. Right. So we've got some big movies to talk about uh, for Christmas week. Very
0: good. Well, until next week, everyone take care, cheers, I, and take a look at another realm, but don't do what they do.
1: <laughs> See you later.
0: Head for diamonds. My-
1: full of pearls chair blast